Fox. And I'm Jeremy Margolis. Today we bring you the first installment of Office Hours, a podcast where we sit down with Northwestern professors to discuss their takes on current or historical events. Our first guest is Buckley Christ. He's a professor emeritus in the McCormick School of Engineering. In May 1978, a bomb with Christ's name on it exploded in the tech mailroom. Over the course of the next 18 years, Ted Kaczynski, more commonly known as the Unabomber, sent 15 more explosives, mostly to universities, including a second bomb to Northwestern a year later. With Sunday, April 3rd, marking the 20-year anniversary of Kaczynski's arrest, we sat down with Chris to talk about his memories of that day and its aftermath. To start off, what do you remember about May 25th, 1978? Uh, The previous day or so, uh, I've been notified of a package. The person who ostensibly sent that package was me which was not true, but they used my name. Um, I forget the details. I think it had, I think it was the engineering school or something like that, and then Northwestern University. Yeah. And somebody had found that package, and they got in contact with me. I didn't know what they were talking about. I said, we'll take a look at it. <laughs> and it was arranged to have it couriered up to Keck. So I, my antennae were up. There was obviously something was amiss. I had assumed it was drugs that were being shipped from campus to campus. This was the 70s, understood. Uh, so I cautiously started to unwrap the package, being careful to, quote, preserve evidence. You know, I basically, I just cut scissors and cut it open fairly carefully and got to a point where there was a wooden package with a little door uh, section that was cut out. It said O-P-E-N. And I've been involved, I was in, had a chemical, chemistry background and involved in hazardous materials, and sometimes they are shipped in similar kinds of boxes and whatnot, but never with a stupid little door hand-penciled in O-P-E-N. Uh-huh. And I said, I'm done. And I called the campus security with every expectation that they would turn it over to the real police. Um, Turned out there was a campus policeman, came in and said he wanted to open it. And I said, I don't think that's a good idea, but hold that door thing away from you. Because I, I still thought it was drugs, but what do you know, right? And so this was in a, in the, and anyway, and the bomb device went off. And it was very noisy, very surprising. Uh, nobody got, there wasn't any obvious injury. There was a little bit of a fire from some of the wrappings that, you know, it smoked or it burned. Uh, that was stomped out by somebody. And they just collected all the bits and pieces and dumped it in a trash can. We went back through the Daily Northwestern archives, through the Tribune archives, and really didn't find anything. So what Absolutely. What was the reaction like on campus? There was none. You, you, you nailed it. Uh, it was, I won't say a secret, but it wasn't, it was an unusual event, but it obviously had nothing to do with any sequence, which the next bombing changed the complexion of things mm-hmm. very much. Afterwards, did you start watching your mail more carefully? Did you feel at all threatened? Absolutely. Or? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I do remember some months later, perhaps, I got a smallish package in the mail. And it was really, 
had some very anonymous label on it, you know, with no, I think no, no meaningful return address. Mm -hmm. um, and I just called up the post office and said, hey, look, this is yours. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out to be a uh, videotape from some automobile, uh, from Oldsmobile, I think. Um, <laughs> So what was the sequence in terms of you spoke with the Evanston Police Department shortly after May 1978. When did you start speaking with the FBI? Was that right afterwards? I honestly, I can't remember. Uh -huh. I'm, I'm guessing that was before the first, uh, before the second bombing. Mm -hmm. After the second bombing, things got a little more intense. And then it was after the third bombing that the Unabomber phrase was created. Mm -hmm. So over the course of these 18 years, you're seeing periodically it comes up in the news. Are you... And then the FBI comes knocking. And then the FBI comes knocking, exactly. Are you just checking out the news when the FBI comes and when you see it? Or is this something you're thinking about the whole time? Not not thinking about it the whole time, for sure. And it's a sort of an unwelcome interruption. Um, and sometimes I hear about it before the news, you know. I'll get a phone call from you-know-who. I <laughs> Typically, I would have an FBI guy who was sort of assigned to me. So what was your reaction when Ted Kaczynski was arrested? Um, there were a couple of them. Uh, first thing was, you know, it was good to, to know that it uh, was over. Mm -hmm. uh, and not because I felt personal relief. I didn't feel personally threatened throughout this time, but it was just something just shouldn't continue. Um, and a second one, this had to do with the details that came out pretty quickly, was that the uh, CBS News was un unwarrantedly involved in this. They got a leak about this thing was going down, and they, perhaps, you're <laughs> looking at your expressions, you don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, it was Dan Rather. And somebody, he got, he got news that this arrest was, they were preparing to arrest him. They do this slowly. They have their own ways to develop it. He said, we got this news, we're going national, and you got 48 hours, or we're going to go, any, we're going to broadcast this thing anyway. So this is Dan Rather of CBS telling the FBI. Yeah, right. <laughs> Precisely. Wow. I thought that was rather obnoxious. Do you remember where you were when you heard Kaczynski was arrested? Uh, Yeah. Right here. Not in this room, but at work. And uh, another little piece of personal background is two or three years before the arrest, one of the uh, local news reporters, uh, Phil Rogers, I don't remember whether he's Channel <laughs> 7 or Channel 5, uh, he had sort of tracked me down because at, at that time I was still pretty much out of the news, which suited me perfectly. And uh, uh, long story short is that we, we agreed that they would get an exclusive if they'd shut up for now, <laughs> <laughs> which he did, I mean, he, uh, for the time. They brought a truck right up to Cook Hall and... Yeah, they filmed that in my office, and they went out to the sound truck and did a quick edit and voiceover, and it made it in time for the 6 o'clock news. Wow. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs>
What emotions did you feel? Were you overwhelmed? Were you overjoyed? I was kind of overly busy. This is something, <laughs> come on, give me, I, I got a lot of things to do. I don't really need this. Mm-hmm. Well, the final chapter of my activity in all this had to do with the trial. Uh, they wanted me to be a witness at the trial. I was reluctant. I said, I don't know anything. I can't say anything that links him to these uh, events. Yeah. So why make me take time off from work? And I, their logic continued to escape me. At the end, the guilty plea was agreed to, so there was no trial. Is this still something that people ask you about, or has this affected your life since he was arrested? Uh, not too much. I get a, a, a modest amount of notoriety from this. Um, and my wife was teasing me as I went out the door to see you, and she said, oh, no, not again. <laughs> and I said, okay, it's a 20-year anniversary, so that's not going to happen very frequently. Um, but it's, 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 you know, it is a, and it's an event in my past that makes me different from lots of folks, and it's rather well publicized. You had considered um, contacting Krasinski? Krasinski. Krasinski. That's that's a mouthful. What would you say to him? Or what would you ask him? Why? Me. (laughs) Please. Uh (laughs) Thank you. Krasinski's 16 bombs killed three people and injured 28 more. He was caught in his Montana cabin hideout after his sister-in-law recognized the writing in his manifesto, published in the Washington Post. Kaczynski is now serving a life sentence at a supermax prison in Florence, Colorado. Thank you for listening to the inaugural episode of Office Hours. Next time, we look forward to dissecting the nation's top stories with some members of Northwestern's Brain Trust. We hope you'll join us.